He kōna e pūrangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Welcome to Not Your Average Cricket Show. Where we're hitting traditional cricket commentary for six. I'm Justin Gregory. And I'm Zoe George. And for the next few weeks, we're following all the action from the White Ferns as they compete at the ICC World T20 in the West Indies. Today, we get up close to the action of the White Ferns game against our trans-Tasman rivals Australia. Can they do it off the back of a loss to India on the weekend? Well, we'll find out, won't we? Mm, we'll cross as well to Guyana to talk to the team. We hit the streets to test your women's cricket knowledge. And it's about fashion, darling, at the New Zealand Cricket Museum. We find out what women used to wear when they played in the early days. And today's guest host, we have former international cricketer, former White Ferns captain and international coach, Maya Lewis. Welcome, Maya. Kia ora, thanks for having me. Pleasure to have you here. And RNZ's squeaky bum time co-presenter, Max Toll. Max, welcome. What's your cricket background, fella? <laughs> My cricket background is definitely less than illustrious. I, uh, although I was the best player in high school, um, and school. won an award to, to validate that uh, boast and uh, dropped the game but when I went to secondary school tried to pick it up again when I was about 16 and I think I averaged about five runs over three games and promptly quit again uh, <gasps> so I'm a big quitter it's a man who knows where his talent lies <laughs> yeah. behind the microphone not, not, not playing cricket not playing cricket <laughs> watching it I think it's only fair if we, you know, let's not hold this moment off any longer yeah. let's get into the game it's just finished we're in the booth talking about it how does everyone feel? Well, do we want to reveal what actually happened? Yeah, I guess we should, shouldn't we? Well, Oz won the toss, elected to bat, scored 153 for seven. New Zealand faltered early with the bat losing three quick wickets. Bates was able to steady the ship during the middle overs, but once she was out, that was kind of it, wasn't it? Um, So not really a, a great day for New Zealand. We were all out for 120, which means that Australia have now qualified for the semifinals. Yay, says everybody. <laughs> I was sitting watching it with Maya. We were, it was a tense game for quite a bit of the time, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was unfortunately probably a result that most people would have predicted. Mm. However, the White Ferns did put up a little bit of a fight in both of the innings and looked like we were coming back for a wee, wee while there and there was a bit of a momentum shift. Um, but then we sort of fell away again in both innings. So, yeah, some really significant moments probably changed um, or impacted the game, really. What were your significant moments? Um, I think dropping, unfortunately, dropping Alicia Healy on 11, um, and she, you know, she was the backbone of their innings, scoring pretty quickly, maybe around 150% strike rate. Um, so that was that was pretty significant. Um, the differences in the extras. So I think we had 17 extras versus their 10, a lot more wides. Um, and we dropped about four catches with uh, Elisa being one of them. Um, so they can make a big difference and slow down momentum. Um, and then probably not starting well again in the batting innings, losing Peterson and, and Devine both for zero um, isn't a great start when you're chasing a, a score that was um, p- um, comparable. And we'd actually, the White Ferns had scored more runs against India in their previous match. So it was gettable. Mm, it was completely, completely doable, wasn't it, Max? Like we were sitting there watching it, and then at the break we're going, "Can we do this?" Actually, mm. yeah, we can. And then the first three wickets fell in quick succession, and we were just sitting there, just going, "Oh no!" Yeah, cricket's one of those sports, isn't it, where you get false hope at certain <laughs> periods of the game. And um, while we were certainly outplayed, I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any denying that. There were things to be positive about. You know, Australia started, what, 71 runs off about 50 balls. They came out absolutely roaring, and we did so well to peg them back. The bowling from, I think, um, 
Kasparek mm. should really be applauded. And then in our innings, to lose three three wickets for thirteen runs, it looked like it uh, could be a rather embarrassing uh, walkover. But for Susie Bates to come out uh, and Bates, have an again sensational innings, uh, Bates again. She was the star uh, batter for New Zealand against India, and to see her do well. Uh, 40, 49 though, wasn't it? I think she got. So it's a little unfortunate she wasn't able to make um, that half century. But let's head off to Guyana now to talk with Leah Tahuhu about today's game against Australia. Kia ora, Leah. Hey, how's it going? Not the result you were after, I imagine. Uh, no, not at all. Um, a very disappointing evening here in Guyana for us, to be perfectly honest. What happened to the top order in our batting innings? Uh, look, I think Australia bowled really well up front um, and obviously had us, uh, I think it was about 14 for three, but um, credit to Susie for the way that, that she batted and really held that together and um, she gave us a fighting chance um, along with Katie Martin there as well. Um, they managed to put a, a decent partnership together, but uh, we wish it had gone for another probably six or seven overs, to be perfectly honest, but it um, wasn't to be for us tonight. How much did the dropped catches cost us? Uh, a lot, I think, if we're perfectly honest. Um, I think we dropped Alyssa Healy on about 10, and she uh, went on to get about 55. So um, that definitely hurt us early on. Um, she's certainly a player that's in some serious form at the moment and um, not a player that you can afford to be dropping. Hey, I'm just interested in, um, obviously, with bowling, you're mixing with the, the spin and, and, and with you, with Sophie, with the pace. Is it always been the plan to mix it up opening and also maybe having you guys come back at the death? Is that the stock standard plan for you guys? Um, yeah, it has. Obviously, today we opened um, first over with Amelia and we're really looking at the teams and trying to, trying to get those match-ups right um, with the, the opposition that we're playing. Um, and to be honest, I think after three, three, maybe four overs, we're not too bad today. Um, obviously, we created that chance with, with Keely early on, and I think Amelia bowled um, really well in her first over there. But I think it's um, been a little bit of a theme for us recently. We're just not being consistent enough with the ball. We're not sticking to our plans, and that's really hurting us. And it's tempting. I know, I mean, the, the trend these days is to bowl bowlers in one-over stints. Would it have been tempting to bowl Amelia again in, in the second over when she bowled well in that first over? I think she only went for about three or four runs. Yeah, look, I suppose I'm I'm not a captain for a reason. Um, <laughs> that's sort of a question outside of my uh, my zone this year. Um, but look, I think it's just a feeling. It's got a, it's a gut feeling, isn't it? So, sure. Um, even though someone may may bowl well for one over, that six, six balls, it also gives the batters an opportunity to get used to what they're trying to do and then potentially attack in the second over. So, um, look, I think we back the decisions that are made out there and we go on with them. As a low low order batter, Leah, uh, does, is there a sense of dread when you have to walk out knowing that you've got this ginormous task ahead of you? <laughs> um, yeah, look, it's hard. It is hard, obviously. Um, you know, personally for me, I'm walking out at number eleven, so uh, there's no one coming out behind me. Um, so look, you've got to go out there and try and do a job. But look, we back all of our batters, to be fair, and. Um, at the moment, it's just not quite coming off for us. Um, Susie's really the only one who's putting consistent runs on the board, and Marty to a lesser extent as well. But um, outside of that, we need to take a good hard look at ourselves and um, come back fighting in the next game. Yeah, you're facing Pakistan on Friday. Uh, the realistic goal was to try and make it to the semi-finals, but that's not possible now, is it? Um, uh, no, it's well. I suppose anything is still possible to a certain extent. I think there is would have to lose their two games and we'd have to win our two games very well. But um, the chances of it happening are uh, probably 0.05%, if I'm perfectly honest with you. Um, but look, obviously, we've still got another two games to play and 
we want to finish on a high. We want to show um, what we're about. We want to play some consistent cricket. So that's what we'll be looking to do over the next few days. So what will the team do tonight to sort of draw yourselves together and get ready for those next games? Um, all the girls have gone through their recovery protocols and bits and pieces. We'll have a bit of a team chat now, but it's close on midnight here. So to be honest, it'll be a pretty quick chat um, and home to bed before we have training again tomorrow afternoon. Um, no doubt we'll have a bit of a team debrief in the morning and have a look over things and see where we need to improve and um, then, yeah, look into training and, and try and improve in those areas. There's one question I do have to ask before you go. How did everyone feel about that LBW call? How far down the pitch was she? <laughs> yeah, look, it's one of those things, isn't it, at the end of the day. Um, to be honest, I haven't seen the tracker, but, um, look, I suppose if we're political, you've just got to go with the umpire's decision. <laughs> oh, it was like predicting what was going to happen next week. <laughs> <laughs> you win some, you lose some. <laughs> oh, it's nice to hear you laugh, Leah, even after a hard day at the office. Yeah, look, if you don't laugh, you'll cry. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the be-all and end of the world, is it, Leah? No, look, it's not. At the end of the day, it is a game. Um, it bloody hurts, but um, mm. the sun will come up tomorrow. That was White Fins bowler Leah Tahuhu talking to us from Guyana. Whew, what do we make of that team? I feel like both about, yeah, long, big pause and sigh. We were in the game for a lot of this game, I felt. I know the RNZ headline was up saying New Zealand soundly beaten by Australia. Didn't necessarily feel that way to me. I thought we were in it for quite a bit and then we fell away at significant moments. What do you think? We did bloody well in in, in two periods of the game to claw our Mm. way back into the game. I mean, Mm. you know, after 50 balls, after... You know, almost halfway through that Australia innings, it didn't look good. It looked like it would be another another India game. Um, mm. And then in our innings, it didn't look like we'd make triple figures. Um, so the, the, there is credit to give to this team. Um, it was nice to hear uh, Leah say it bloody hurts. Um, uh, I'm sure it does, and I'm sure after those dropped catches, there'll be... Um, some really long faces in the in the dressing room after that game. Yeah, the the catches did cost us. Uh, I, I wonder if it has something to do with the fact that it's hot, it's sticky, the conditions they're they're tough. Maya, in this type of condition, is it hard to catch a cricket ball? Oh, look, I mean, you're sweating profusely all the time. So, I mean, I think that's something that they trained for anyway. But I know one of the other commentators, I was listening to the commentary after the game, and one of them was questioning how many times New Zealand has played in night matches, mm. um, which, you know, we I know I played in a few, um, but not anywhere. And some of the players, New Zealand players, wouldn't play anywhere near as significantly as Australian players. So maybe is that a factor? Is that an excuse? Um I'm not sure. So, I mean, I've, I think you really need to have a look at the, batty, the batting. Um, I mean, the all-round performance, definitely the fielding, there was a big difference there. And we haven't quite got some of our lengths with our bowling right. If anything, we've bowled too full. Mm. But we've really only, like Leah said, fired with the bat with Susie and Katie. And you need more than that. And you need more players consistently doing that at the top of the order. And, mm. you know, there's a lot of talk about Sophie... Opened the batting with uh, Susie, I think, in the one of the previous series, um, and that worked really well. But are you putting your eggs all in one basket? Is the question. Um, I would say go with that because you're giving your best players the most opportunity to face as many balls as they can. Well, let's let's talk about some of the good things that came out of the their first innings. Um, the opening opening over with Amelia Kerr with the ball. It was three off the first over, and she just 
looked in form. She looked fantastic, and it was a really, really good positive start for the team. She did drop that catch, and it knocked her confidence a bit. Uh, how do you get up from something like that and get your head back in the game, Maya, when something like that happens? Well, I think being a bowler, you're lucky because you get another opportunity. If you're a batter, you're sitting <laughs> yes. on the sideline t- dwelling <laughs> yeah. on it a bit and hope, hoping that you can contribute if you're um, fielding second and you mm. can make a difference in the field. That was always my case. Um, if if I didn't perform with the bat, how, what difference can I make in the field? And a field can be the difference between, you know, two runouts or two fantastic catches can make a difference in a game. So, you know, Amelia is very mentally tough for her age and I think she bounced back well. But, of course, it's going to... You know, it's a significant player who she drops, so it's going to affect you in some way. We keep talking about the same two or three players. We talk about mm. Sophie Devine, Susie Bates, Amelia Kerr. Are we over-reliant on two or three players? Because I feel like most of the Australians contributed. Yeah, I think um, they've contributed a lot more in their, in a little way and, and probably done their job a, mm. a little bit more, whether it's a little cameo at the end. Um, whether it's being quite economical with your bowling, but you don't pick up too many wickets and you're just doing a job at one end. And then their overall fielding unit was um, much higher standard than ours as well. So, yeah, yeah it's a hard one. Um, Max, we were sitting there together watching it when Susie Bates took that catch. <laughs> I reckon that was a absolute highlight for me. What yeah. happened? Um, can you describe what happened to us? Yeah, I've already seen it. Uh, a video of it <laughs> tweeted out by the ICC, so uh, hopefully that... That little clip goes uh, goes global. Oh yeah, it was a, a, a ball hit uh, quite firmly to the boundary. Susie gets under it, but it slips through her fingers and whacks her in the chin. She falls backwards. The ball sort of bobbles up into the air. She claws at it with one hand. It sort of rebounds off her thigh and bounces back up into the air again. And then she, what did you say? She crocodile clasped. Oh, uh, what ba- baby shark? She baby shark. She baby sharked it. it. And, and the look of relief on her face yeah. uh, after that catch was terrific. Yeah. yeah. And the actual incident took almost as long to happen as it took for you to tell it just then. It <laughs> seemed to go on forever. It did. I know. And you're going, oh, oh no, she's dropped. Oh no, she's got. Oh no. We were we were up on our feet cheering. It but was, interestingly, um, she bobbled the one previous as well, which she caught, and then yeah. the one after that, she actually dropped coming in. <laughs> so she was having a mixed day, really. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I did. I did enjoy that. It was uh, it was really, really, really nice. Um, and just a really nice light moment as well in what was a very tense game. Yeah, I agree. This was a tense and exciting game. And maybe I'm being a bit overly generous when I say I felt like we were in the game for a lot of it. Mm. I really liked the bustle that Katie Martin and, mm. and Susie Bates had together while they were while they were batting. They seemed like intent. It seemed like they wanted to win the game. We were sitting there saying, are they going to go down with all guns fighting or are they just fighting? And I felt like they were just fighting. Mm, they did. Well, we'll talk more about the batting uh, innings for the White Ferns very soon. But first, I hit the streets to ask a very basic question. What is the name of the New Zealand women's cricket team. Here are the results. Oh, good question. Cricket, women's cricket. Well, um, well, the Black Caps is the male team, so uh, what would it be, the Black Sticks? Close. So the, uh, the Black Sticks are the women's hockey team, um, so, uh, and the Black Ferns are the women's rugby team. Uh, black somethings. Don't know. What's the name of the New Zealand women's cricket team? Oh my gosh. Uh... Do you know? <laughs> no, I don't know <laughs> there. That would be the something ferns. Do you know what the New Zealand women's cricket team is called? The 
white ferns. Oh my gosh! High five, you're the first person to get it right! Oh yeah! Woohoo! Go you! Can you, okay, can you name a player? Um, That's a tough one. No. What's the name of the New Zealand women's cricket team? The New Zealand women's cricket team? Uh, pass. <laughs> I know that you're going to do a feature on them and it's really nice. Is it all whites or is it all white ferns or yeah, something? Yeah, high five! You're the second person white to get that right all day. Just because we're <laughs> listening to our, we love RNZ. Can you name a New Zealand cricket team? Uh, the Blackheads? Yeah, well, what's another New Zealand cricket team? Uh, the White Ferns. Hey, who's the captain of the White Ferns? Oh, no, I couldn't tell you. So there you go. Are you surprised that people don't know the name of the New Zealand women's cricket team, Max? Um, I wouldn't say I'm surprised. Uh, sad, I think, is uh, the predominant feeling. How do we need to get more profile then for, for the White Ferns? Oh, look, um, I... <laughs> More coverage on TV, more coverage on sport analysis programs, both on TV, both on radio, more coverage in newspapers, more coverage at Radio New Zealand. But I'd be interested to hear what Maya has to say about something like this. <laughs> yeah, well, it's come a long way since I played. Um, but it is, it is about more awareness and more promotion. And, I mean, there are a lot more games on TV nowadays than what there ever used to be. Um, and... Obviously, the women in New Zealand are starting to be paid. Mm. Um, we're a little bit behind the eight ball with a few of the other countries, so we're still playing catch-up, really. Um, we're about five years behind um, India, England and Australia with that. So it's not going to happen overnight, but it is obviously starting to happen. So, um, But it's just about more promotion and awareness and, and equal opportunities for the women as there are guys. We caught one today, though, didn't we? We were sitting watching this game in the RNZ Cafe here in Auckland, <laughs> and Mike Williams turned up who, to, to go on the panel this afternoon with Jim Mora, and he looked at the screen and said, is this girls' cricket? Which was an epic <laughs> for the swear jar. Yes, the but, swear jar. But then he stayed and watched the whole thing until he got dragged away to be, um, uh, to be on the panel, and he was engaged and he was yelling, and it was like... so. As you say, it's just exposure. As soon as people see it and they watch yeah. it, they know how good it is. Yeah, I mean, there's a bit of surprise and maybe initial negativeness, but then it is about awareness and, and them watching and having a look and seeing how the game has changed since I first played and the innovative, innovation that's happening nowadays mm. and the power. Um, so it is a much more attractive spe spectator sport than it used to be. How would you go today? Well, I'd quite like it because you can just stand there and hit. Oh, I didn't get to play, <laughs> play too many 2020 games. It was near the end of my career and I was probably uh, lacking running between the wickets anyway. So um, I think um, my typical sort of original Māori style would have really suited it. So I'm a bit out of my era, I think. Oh, shame. Uh, it was really interesting, you know, you, you, you talk about your, your heritage there. Um, Gardner from Australia is Indigenous as well, and she's had some beautiful Aboriginal artwork on her bat. How do we go attra to attracting more people like you and her to cricket? Oh, look, it's a tough one. Um, you know, everyone talks about, you know, in South Auckland there's a lot of Māori Polynesians, that um, natural talent that, mm. that comes through. So... I mean, again, I know the Samoan women's cricket team has become a little bit more onto um, uh, into the fore and, and uh, is a competitive side and stuff like that. And so, with those sort of nations becoming having a bit more exposure and, and getting there, I think that will help. But mm. um, you know, you've got to go to them and and see make cricket attractive to them. Um, and the short version of the game with any kids these days, some sort of quick fix is the way to go and get them to enjoy it and then engage them in that way. Uh, Maya Lewis and Max Toll are our guests today on Not Your Average Cricket Show. We're analysing the game between the White Ferns and the Australians, which 
the white ferns lost. Yes, uh, it was a bit of an average game. <laughs> hey, but there were, you know there have been some positives, and even though okay, they're opening. The opening for New Zealand batting, we had a total capitulation in the top order. But then we had Bates, well, she was there from the start, um, and she held that and created a solid partnership with with Katie Martin. Um, you know, they were able to, to get 66 from that partnership. That anchored their innings. You know, she's a calm, cool head, isn't she, Susie Bates? Yeah, she's fantastic. Uh, she's an absolute legend. Um, and, and I think, you know, someone like Sophie Devine will mm. be looking to score runs in the last two games, I know I know we're yeah. all but eliminated from the tournament. But look, you've you've got to put your head down and and. Uh... Well, it's interesting because Susie was the captain for quite some time, and now she's not. Uh, Maya, have they made the right decision around giving the captaincy to Amy Sathwaite? Oh, look, it's all early days, and, and Amy's got a really good head on his shoulders as well. And I think it was more a personal decision around Susie and wanting to uh, finish her sort of last years, probably mm. as a bit, and just as a player, and being an international professional player and being able to move around the world and play her cricket and that sort of stuff. So I think it was an unselfish reason from. Um, Susie, rather than New Zealand cricket saying, "Look, sorry, Susie, we don't want you to be captain anymore." So, just an observation, an interesting one about language to do with the different forms of the game. Um, obviously, my, you know a lot of these players. You can use their first name when you when you're speaking about them. I think generally we feel more comfortable talking about Susie or Sophie or Amelia or whatever. But would we necessarily call member of the men's team by their first name? Yeah, it's an. Oh, I suppose it's an interesting one. It's like when the guys are commentating, they talk about um, you know the guys and how they know them really well. So, similar type thing. So, I mean, are you saying that maybe we should be using their full names, Susie Bates, blah blah blah? It, it's that not that of... it's just it's it's not just you who's doing it. I feel comfortable saying Susie, Sophie, Amelia, mm. Katie, so on and so forth. I'm wondering whether that's a relatability thing mm. or whether it's potentially. On some level or another, do we not take it as seriously as the men's game? Perhaps, it's just a question perhaps, I'm perhaps putting Perhaps when out there. we, you know, when I watch uh, a Black Caps game, for instance, with a group of friends, you might say Trenty or BMAC. <laughs> well, everyone's got <laughs> their know? nicknames as nicknames. well, don't yeah. they? Yeah, 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 so, I mean, it might be nice to see a few more nicknames creep in. Yeah. Oh, do you know any nicknames, Maya? Oh, Branchy. Probably a few of the older ones, but not, not, not the recent what, one. I what, could make up What a was few. your nickname? Oh, look, it was pretty boring. It was just like Lou for Lewis or something like uh, that, or Louie. Yeah. Or, or what about, what like about that. you, Justin? What was your cricket nickname? I'm not sure I played well enough to earn a nickname. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, These are things that come after effort, you know. Yeah, I think is... it was just, oh, him. Well, I think the positive thing about that is that actually people do know their names now, whereas you might have known one or two if you were lucky, mm. but, you know, you're just about name, being able to name a whole team now and, and and decipher who they are. So, I mean, that's a positive within itself towards the growth of women's cricket yeah. and promotion of it. Well, we'll come back to our commentary very soon. Uh, I'm sure you you know this, Maya and Max, but we've been heading down to the New Zealand Cricket Museum. And one thing that doesn't often go hand in hand with cricket is fashion. Well, it does if, you know, if you're me, because I love getting all <laughs> dressed up to go to the cricket. Um, and as a bit of a self-confessed fashionista, I was interested in the uniforms women used to wear. So I caught up with former White Fern captain Trish McKelvey to find out more. Hi Trish, we're here at the uh, New Zealand Cricket Museum and we're looking at a set of culottes. Um, now it's kind of like a skirt but shorts, almost like a skort, uh, and, and women used to play in these. Hmm, right through my time of playing, that was our playing uniform with long three-quarter socks. When this young New Zealand team was chosen to go to Britain uh, for a tour in, to England in 1966, 
we actually had to make our own uniform. After the team was announced, about a fortnight later, a bolt of material and a dress pattern, and inside the dress pattern was a voucher to go to Hannah's for a particular style of shoes, which we had to buy. And uh, we had to find our own dressmakers to um, make our walking out uniform, so to speak. And of course, then in those days, we wore hats and gloves as well. After all, we were going to the British Charles. My goodness. You wouldn't get that these days. Can you just imagine asking the white ferns to sew their uniforms or to find a dressmaker to make it for them? No, because I think they're too busy playing cricket. <laughs> uh, I mean, the men wouldn't have made their own uniforms. No. Why do you think it was? It was that way? Well, we had to provide all our own gear, whether it was playing or travelling gear. How difficult was it to play in something like Colotts? Well, we didn't actually find it difficult. Yeah. Um, we felt really proud of ourselves and where we'd got to, and that was what the playing uniform was. We had to provide our own culottes, and, and so that's what we wore. Would you get injuries wearing things like this? Well, I, I do remember going into a changing room at one stage when the younger women were still wearing culottes, and they're all sitting there. I was managing the team, and they're all sitting there rubbing Vaseline on their knees, I said, what on earth are you doing that for? It was a scorching hot day up in Palmerston North, blowing a gale, and, and when you play cricket in that sort of atmosphere, it is very, very tiring, to say the least. <laughs> but the girls said to me that they put the Vaseline on so that if they dive to, to stop the ball or field the ball, then they won't get a grass burn. That's Trish McKelvey talking about the White Ferns uniform at the New Zealand Cricket Museum. Fashion, Maya, did you wear men's hand-me-downs when you played for New Zealand? So I went through the whole era of fashion, started off in clots. Yep. Um, and got the suntan between the knees and, and the upper leg <laughs> um, with the long socks and got grazers all over my legs. Um, and then we went into trousers and... Even the different types of colours we had for New Zealand, we did the greys, we did the teal, which is similar to the Air New Zealand, um, and then we went into the blacks. So I've been through the whole range, and I must say I was so glad to get into pants, and then I could slide and dive around all over the place and not hurt myself. I wonder if, this question came up when we were sitting watching the game, I wonder if international cricket strips were better looking if we wouldn't sell more of them. I mean, Max, how many, you know, how many Manchester United strips are out there being sold to fans? How many All Blacks jerseys are out there being sold to fans? Yeah. How, you know, how many actual New Zealand cricket jerseys do we sell? Probably not that many. I'd love to see some of the retro designs come back. I think yeah. they'd be very popular. If, if, if Rebel Sport, for instance, did a, a line of some of those incredible beige. retro designs that our you know one-day teams, for instance, have worn over the years. I lived through the beige the first time around. <laughs> I'm no, not going back there again. I would love it if they were to bring back the full vintage culottes, hats, blazers, yeah. just for everyday wear. You know, it's sport <laughs> luxe. Yeah. I would totally wear that. Um, yeah. Maya, how do you feel about that? <laughs> the worst thing about the culottes is that we actually had to iron them. So and <laughs> being the youngest in a Canterbury team with a whole lot of New Zealand players, I had to iron everyone's culottes. So that was one thing I really hated. At <laughs> least you didn't have to sew them like Trish and her team. You know, just. <laughs> terrible. And what do you think of the pink? We've now got pink on the white ferns. Well, I'd rather have pink than canary yellow, so um, 
Yeah, I mean, look, it's a trendy colour for women at the moment, isn't it? And it represents um, cancer, the mm. Cancer Foundation and that sort of stuff. So, I mean, I don't mind it. It's part of the 2020 uniform. It's not part of the one-day one. I think the one-day one's got blue in. Mm. Max, what do you think of the pink? I th- well, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't rush to purchase a, a, a pink jersey, to be honest. But I think I think it's a little underestimated how important a sporting uniform can be mm. to the popularity of a team. You know, um I co-hosted Squeaky Bum Time at the World Cup. Nigeria were one of the most popular teams because they had this incredible kit uh, that they wore with these lightning strikes going up the shorts and the shirt. And You know, if a, if, a, if a team brings out a really popular, bold design, and this happens so often in the US with US sports, uh, and people really take notice of it, you know, a, a, a uniform, for instance, can go viral online and, and can dramatically increase awareness. So I'd love to see, you know, New Zealand cricket, for instance, getting a bit creative with some of their designs. Some things have improved. Last year I sat in on an interview with Mark Burgess, who used to play cricket and football for New Zealand, and he said on his first tour away with the New Zealand football team, you know, you get your blazer with a pocket with a thing inscribed on it. They gave them the pocket. They had to buy their own blazer and so on. Oh, well, um, it's just like being a female cricketer in the 60s, isn't it? <laughs> we had to pay for our own uniforms. So, oh, um, you know, that's interesting. I think, and, and to um, show something that's really Kiwi-ized and significant for Kiwis, you know, mm. the koru mm. um, and sort of Māori designs. And, and you see that on touch and, and obviously in, in the rugby and that sort of stuff. You know, cricket, if you want to get more Māoris playing, why not get their sort of types of the designs on the, the apparel to appeal to them as well, you know, little things like that. It's time, and you have to see yourself to know you're welcome in the game. Yeah, that's mm. exactly right. Let's look ahead to the predictions for the next game. The Ferns are playing Pakistan on Friday. We'll be crossing both to the White Ferns and the Pakistan camp. Uh, Kiwi Mark Coles coaches the subcontinent team, and they've been having not you know they have been doing all right recently. Uh, so, what what are our takes on this? How do we think we're going to go? Oh, it's Pakistan. It could go in any direction, couldn't it? Crikey. <laughs> I think the White Ferns will blow them out of the water. You know, the pressure's off now. Um, they're renowned to make world records of some sort against minnows. It's what they do against the big teams that count. So I think, um, you know, we'll, we'll do really well. Their blood might be up to a eh? mm. disappointment, a bit of anger. Mm. Max, what, what's your prediction? Yeah, Pakistan have looked reasonably solid. Again, they played Australia and India, I believe, and mm-hmm. obviously lost both those games. But um, they've looked solid. I think it'll be close, but um, we should just have too much quality for them overall. Both sides of the, you know, both sides of the ball. Yeah, well, I'm going to be uh, interested to to talk to Mark Coles about what it's like being over there uh, in the subcontinent coaching and then going to the West Indies and looking at the similar conditions. Uh, these are conditions that suit the subcontinent teams, so I think it's going to be quite close to be to be quite honest. Well, we'll find out, but this was always the pool of death for the yes. New Zealand women's mm. team. Mm. We knew who we were playing in the first two games, and we had to win one of them. We just didn't do it. No, it's unfortunate, uh, but. You know, that's cricket. On that note, final thoughts before we say farewell. Max? Final thoughts, um, just simply my admiration for Susie Bates. What a what a pro. Maya? Oh, look, again, it wasn't our time, um, but maybe in five years when we, when we have caught up, I think you'll see definitely see Australia in the final for this one and probably some team from the subcontinent. I'd pick India to be outsiders to be in the final as well. Mm, that's a good one. Oh. 
What about you, Justin? Favourite moment of the game was this wonderful scowl Amelia Kerr gave to one of the <laughs> Australian bat- batters when she smashed the ball out of her reach. It was a close-up on it and it was beautiful and I thought, there's a competitor. Yeah, you've got to love it. Well, it's unfortunate that we, we haven't been all too competitive the last few games. But let's hope that the White Ferns can uh, go on to do well against Ireland on Sunday and Pakistan on Friday. We'll be bringing you all the action here at Not Your Average Cricket Show. Uh, hopefully we can bring you some good news. Not Your Average Cricket Show was produced and presented by Zoe George and Justin Gregory, the engineer and co-producer is William Saunders, the executive producer is Tim Watkin. Subscribe to Not Your Average Cricket Show podcast at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Radio Public or at rnz.co.nz forward slash series. And while you're on Apple, please rate us by clicking on the ratings and review tab and then the stars. It's dead easy and it's really important to us because that way more people get to hear about this podcast. Yeah, go cricket. And if you want to share any thoughts with us, you can on the RNZ Vox Pop app or email us cricket at rnz.co.nz. Listener.